de, de, de Colores Radio. De, de, de Colores Radio. Hello, bienvenidos. Welcome to De Colores Radio. This is episode 44. Hey, I got bars. Bars. How's everyone doing? Loving life. How are you? A lot is happening. I'm cool. As always, thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Eva Arreguin. And with me is my co-hosty, Rafaeli Tamayoi. Howdy. <laughs> well, I had one sip. Okay. Um, Hi, Raf. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Are you actually? I'm not doing What's fantastic. What's wrong? Um, just feel like the... Plastic bag? No? Okay. Yeah, sure. Keep going. Not, I'm not fantastic. Why? Um, because the world is going to shit. It already was. You're right. It's just getting there a lot faster. This is true. Welcome to the Colonus Radio. Thank you so much. Yippee! Um, we skipped a week last week because my anxiety was climbing and it scared me. And I was like, we are not going to do this, baby. We're not going to take it. Um, I've been trying to breathe a little bit amongst all the madness. Asthma joke. I need some words of advice. Okay. I want to give our listeners... An insight into our personal energy. All right. Into how we are feeling right now. Oh. Into the reality of our existence. <laughs> That's right. We're translating our feelings in the best way we know how. Memes. It's time for me mood. Give it to me. 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 This is crazy because Pat is literally doing like matching dance moves to Eva's like beatbox. I mean, how do you think we grew up? Um, It's election day, so we feel like shit. Yeah. I actually am not that terrible. I'm going to be real. 2016 was way rougher than this for me. It is, being a being in Texas for elections is like being a Dallas Cowboys fan. Ooh, expand on that. Man, it's rough. <laughs> you know you you just ain't gonna make it, you maybe. Just, you <laughs> but you're gonna believe that maybe you can. You holding on to something that ain't there, you know what I'm saying? It, are you having sex with a ghost? What the hell? Oh snap. <laughs> Holding on to something spooky that season is still technically on because this is kind of spooky. Uh uh, no, we're getting too far. What's your mean mood, bruh? <laughs> I'm gonna take it back with a throwback. Yamaika, Yamaika, remember this one because we've been talking about it like <laughs> for <laughs> what is it? What is it? What is it? Tell me. Oh my De- god, Deb the dog lady. Oh lord, tell us more. <laughs> So it started with me showing y'all the, because you had never seen it, right, Eva? No. The no boyfriend, either. no problem. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got like this really nice husky, like this little puppy or this little dog. He ain't little. 
That's a big old husky. <laughs> His name husky for a reason. But then she has like a little a vine where she goes to hug him. And she's like, they like to be hugged. But the dog makes this face like, don't fucking touch me. And then? And then she like slowly, like very softly whispers, don't bite me. <laughs> and they think it's so funny, y'all. <laughs> we kept saying it all weekend. It's the funniest thing in the world. In the world, there are funnier things than this. It's the funniest thing in the world. It's right it's a now. close second to the little chihuahua getting rolled up in the. But what do I know about the, the Macaulay Culkin bees movie though? <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that later. We for sure are gonna have to talk about. So that. are you? You are this video of the Deb the dog lady. Yeah, Deb the dog lady, but not. I can't. That poor dog. No problem. True though. <laughs> okay, that's enough. Thank you. All right. My me mood is pretty simple. I feel like that picture of the man who's walking out of Walmart and there's a huge fire explosion behind him and he's just on the phone living his best life. This is me right now. I will share my me mood. I love it. It's a yes. great picture. It's how I feel right now. Probably will feel this way for a while, but we're going to keep going and taking care of business on the phone. Um, so that's our me mood. It's been a minute since we've recorded. A lot has happened. As I said earlier, um, we're pretty much getting all of the election results right now. Um, <laughs> we just got back from Tropicalia, um, which we'll also get into more later during the Jugo. And I'm actually go. very thrilled about our guest. Um, I have been looking forward to highlighting um, Native and Indigenous voices on our show because we don't highlight them enough. And November's technically Native Month, even though most people I know feel kind of weird about the month the government gives us because it's like, cool, you want to celebrate us for a minute. Anyways, I'm really excited to have jody voice yellowfish with us as a guest today and we have a lot to talk about so we should just jump into it let's do it it's time for el juguito the juice glub 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 you ready the jugo stop it now this is the juice where we cover the latest gossip on pop culture politics news and more rafa i'm giving you the first one Wow, thank you so much. I know. I'm so glad that you're ready for that. <laughs> so, caravan migrants arrive in Mexico City, bed down in stadium. Someone read a headline. <laughs> so, even the phrasing caravan is kind of it is. problematic. Yeah. Because these people are seeking asylum. Right. But the way the United States frames everything is to make it sound like monsters coming to take over. I think the um, the significance of what we hope that we're doing with Decolores Radio is highlighting the importance of how we tell the stories, mm -hmm. how we talk, how we have these conversations. Right. And I think it's also important <clears throat> to distinguish how the Mexican leadership have reacted as well. Yeah. They were not initially very welcoming and they were up in arms as well. And I saw some videos of some people in Mexico and especially the indigenous people that were, were very welcoming um, to these people, but n know that the U S government and the Mexico government are not necessarily working for its people. 
either way whether it's central americans crossing into mexico they have really high rates of of doing horrible things to them as well and we've talked about that a little bit but then the way that it's being framed um for them entering eventually into the united states when it is seeking asylum and we've been talking about that for the past few months all these different um incident incidents have occurred that show the same thing that the united states acts terribly towards these people the same way mexico acts terribly towards these people um and that's why it's so important to put our mexican nationalism aside and say okay what the hell we're doing terrible things to central american people as well and we need to take care of them and uplift them because the reason they're running and fleeing from their fucking country is because united states does not know how to keep to itself and runs and gets into everybody's business and creates disastrous um situations for these people so the united states needs to fucking grab a mirror and reflect on itself because they constantly do this to different territories throughout the world throughout the world when they have enough damage at home they need to take care of and they don't um so power and strength and everything to the honduran asylum if we if we have somewhere we know where you can contribute to help these people um we'll post it later if you know of where to share help these people please let us know um it's very important um it's really a scary time as we talk about the elections but i know brazil's new president was recently elected and is also apparently worse than trump which is a really really terrifying um thought process because um it's hard to imagine what can get worse than that so it's especially scary for the trans communities and we need to again keep highlighting these people and lifting up these people and giving power to these people and doing our research to understand and acknowledge what these people have gone through um and you'll see later on with our guests as well in in i guess reflection of native people and how this shit is constant it's happened since the beginning of colonization mm-hmm. It's not stopped. And the way that the United States holds power, it spreads. It's an influencer. Mm -hmm. And it's terrifying. And and that's why um, all these stories seem negative, but it's the same shit we've been saying. And it's important to talk about these things, to bring the truth to light so that we can keep fighting them. Because even if the results of these elections aren't what a lot of people wanted, they still made a huge difference. And we have a lot more work we can do from there now, um, which leads to the next couple of discussions. Um, Dallas City Councilwoman, <clears throat> I believe her name is Becky. I'm sorry. What was it again? <laughs> um, Jennifer Staubach Gates. Don't know if you're related to. That's her dad. That's his. It's, Shut yeah. the it's his fuck up. It's yeah, it's his daughter. Wow. My mom did his curtains. Okay, so rich white money uh, got into this office. This lady, which is, this is a funny story, Pat. Do you want to chime in on this? You should. I mean. Get into the mic. Okay, um, so city and like the annual monster mash by the mayor. Yeah, the city has this thing where they the, the mayor throws like a party and there's like a best Halloween costume and all cool, city employees pretty yeah. much go and they have like food and candies and snacks. Yeah. At City so, Hall. At City Hall. So yeah, I went by to check it out for a little bit. Told a fellow city employee about free food cuz who wouldn't want to get it, right? Yeah. 
Thanks well, of course, Oops. you get there, you're walking around, checking out everyone's costume, and there's a lot of cool stuff. And then, whoa, what do you know? There's a whole set of women dressed as what they like to call margaritas. So, um, we're all... I, don't, I mean, I don't know about you, but I like my margarita with a sombrero and mustache. I'd go without the, some, the like mustache, but... I like my margaritas hairy, like I like my men. <laughs> so, yeah, so I like immediately sent y'all the text message and said um yeah you were you but were, you didn't know who that was no didn't. i had no clue i thought you it was just a city employee so i was still ticked either way because i'm like i can't even like wear a michael myers master library because that's considered scary so like the it's fact a, that it's a little bit scary so like the fact that like a lady that works for the city government would think oh this is totally appropriate to wear. Nobody's going to take pictures and post this all over the internet. And she was in the front. She competed in the, the costume mayor. contest. Like she thought this was a good idea. She really thought. And you know what? I, I um, mm. attended a, something a few weeks ago and I saw her and I, f- I swear y'all, like I feel energies dead ass. And I was like, I don't know about her. And then when you showed me that, and then I, we saw the article and I sent it to, y- to y'all. I was like, I, I don't understand. And apparently she's hoping to run for mayor in 2019. So this white woman named Jennifer Beckeline Staubach Gates <laughs> is trying to run for mayor. She dressed up as a fucking margarita with an apron with like a bottle of Patron on it and a hat, sombrero. And they all had their mustaches, and mustaches on. That's who represents Dallas. <laughs> I think for me... I always my mom's like an interesting board to like throw ideas off of because she's pretty conservative in a lot of ways or became more conservative as I got older. Um, wonderfully enough. Um, yeah, it worked out great. Um, but I kind of mentioned to her about this story and she had like a look of anger and she shook her head and she was like, that's all they think of us. And I didn't say anything. I literally just said, Oh, this city councilwoman dressed up like this. And I kind of just let it be to see what her reaction would be. Cause I yeah. know my personality is a little bit, a lot, yeah. um, a little bit, a lot. Yes. <laughs> which I want to talk about that later as well. But basically my mom was like, that's all they think of us. That's all we are to them. They can't humanize us. And I was like, Ooh, mama. Like, I was like, okay. Like, and I like that. Right. Cause my mom's very like critical of how I analyze everything. Cause she thinks I'm yeah. too harsh on white people but i was like that's exactly it mom they don't humanize us they they make fun of us they use us for what they like which is our food and drinks and that's it and that's all we are to them and that's all we're gonna be and then they assimilate us and get us to be however they want us to be and then they have a big ass turnout for ted cruz somehow almost 40 percent for latino men apparently which leads me to my next topic our election update apparently beto rourke Oh, I just made that like Spanish. <laughs> Robert O'Rourke will be headlining the next Tropicalia. Wow. Okay. Um, uh, at the drive-in reunion or? Stop it. So Ted Cruz won. Um, and I know a lot of people are really bummed by this. I, I, I thought it would be a miracle if Bethel won. I think he ran one of the most incredible campaigns I've ever seen in my lifetime. Um, because I've never seen anybody do everything he was doing. And I think he's helped change Texas in a lot of ways. But unfortunately, you have to realize the reality of what this state still is, which is old rich white money. It is straight up. 
And we need to recognize that. Know that. Because we do become accustomed to our bubbles, which is how we were so shocked when Trump won. Because whether it's our Twitter timeline, our Facebook timeline, or whoever we surround ourselves by, that's not who's out there in those small-ass towns, y'all. It's not. It's really not. And I think it's amazing what he did. I think it's amazing the voter turnout. I think there's a lot of really great things that are reflections of the progress we've made in this state, but we're, we're not there yet. Um, Rafa, do you have any initial thoughts on this? Um, I agree with you. There's, uh, I think when you analyze the sen- the general sentiment across the country, uh, it's, it's probably the most uphill battle to think, uh, of, in terms of Texas and what he was trying to accomplish, but everything else that that accompanied his campaign is is a like rejuvenation. And so, if there's a positive to look at, it, it's it's to see like so many young voters out there, so many people mm-hmm. like you know the 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 high school walkouts that organized. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're walking out of class to go vote on election day. Right. To, to really highlight the importance. I feel like Beto's campaign contributed to that. And mm-hmm, you saw so sure. many people chime into something. It was probably the most highlighted race in the entire country. For sure. Um, but I think it, it, you know, it speaks to the significance of our society, our democracy. and Or lack thereof. Exactly. You know, we, we, we take a lot of things for granted. And at the same time, we we willingly hand over so many things that we don't realize um, are some of the most important things to us in this society. People people have died for some of these things. Mm-hmm. People would kill to to be in positions that we are in in terms of how you know we navigate our lives through through this democratic system that that has been built. You know, not to get too deep into what. I feel like his particular campaign did, but um, I think ultimately, you know, really looking at the things uh, politically in our country and how things are happening, I think it, it's exciting to think that more people are engaged and will be engaged because of these midterms right. specifically. I think, and this is something we found online. I don't see the source on what it's from, but I'm assuming it's some kind of so accurate. Um, I hope it's accurate. I really don't know. But statistically, I'll say, obviously, black men and women know exactly who the fuck to vote for, apparently, here in Texas. So shout out to y'all for constantly being down for your damn community and knowing what it means. Um, White men and women, obviously, predominantly voted for Cruz. 59% of white women, which is... um, um whatever i'm still stuck on the 53 percent, but i know y'all are all family so um 71 percent for white men uh latino men and women <clears throat> are you listening my listeners my lovely audience here majority voted for o'rourke that's good but the scary thought is that almost 40 percent of latino men voted for cruz and 34 percent of latino women also voted for cruz Um, As far as Latino women, as being one, the people I can speak for on behalf of that or what I would assume is the reason they steered away from O'Rourke is because a lot of times leans on the abortion laws, um, being pro-choice and pro-life, and that 
scares them, my family included often, but luckily I think they all did okay this time around. Um, but that Latino men, 39% is really frightening to me. Yeah. Um, I also believe it's telling of how our identity struggles as, as Latinos in Texas, yeah. because we so often feel like we have to assimilate. Um, and that's what that sounds like to me. Cause I remember a young Latino man I came across who was, proud to brag to me that he voted for marco rubio and like i was supposed to think he was something great for being so unique and he was not at all um and he thought he was really telling me something different because he made money and i should be surprised by this um because he worked hard for it which is the way republicans like to think like oh you have to work hard for it boo you were handed a million dollars from your dad like shut the fuck up a small loan a small loan so i just think that's really fascinating but i think it's very telling of how our community does not know how to really understand their community or identity and we struggle a lot with that in relation to whiteness is how i feel about texas i don't know if y'all can agree or disagree with that um i think it has a lot to do with that though um, so those are some scary stats in relation to Bethel and Ted Cruz. Bethel ran a great campaign. I'm really, I really loved seeing everybody going out there and voting and, and, and doing their part. And I think we've, we've made a lot of progress in that way. As far as Ted Cruz goes, you are garbage. You always will be. And you are ran by puppets the same way that whole GOP is and we don't claim you as latinos so i don't know who your community is besides white people and so have fun sir ted um any other election updates i think we had some good turnout and good results here in dallas county which is good we don't have faith johnson no more correct she was garbage what it look like um yeah lots of good results here in dallas county shout out dallas county definitely keep the turnout up because i know usually it's terrible um yeah i i also want to just i believe uh alexandria was the first youngest woman to congress elected which is really cool um and i'm not sure if andrew gillum and uh andrew gillum and the other whatever his face is if we got results from that i know unfortunately stacy abrams didn't take it is what it was looking like um, it was also cool to see the celebrities jump on board for some of these people like LeBron and Beyonce and Oprah and all that good stuff. Um, but like Pat said, the house is now controlled by Democrats, which means they can more than likely do a bit more of an investigation into all of Trump's bullshit, which is what we've been waiting for. And the Senate is still controlled by the Republicans. So, uh, I hope that you're probably extra tired of <laughs> all this coverage, by now because by the time you hear this it'll be a few days old however i like to always point out that this is one part of the process voting and and we cannot shame people of color for not voting that's not the answer you still have a white majority who are voting for these people and that's who i think we need to look at more often because they're the ones who created these systems that hold us down um so do not yell at the people who are not voting although i do wish they would use their right um, like Rafa said, that people died for, et cetera. And like we talked about last episode. But damn, it's it's a it's a hard system to work within and and we have to do it. So just keep fighting, keep going and know that this is not the end all be all um, in the world, because I know it's easy to feel hopeless, but 
but there's hope. We have the hope within us as the people and we have the power. So don't forget that. All right. So now we can move on to more positive news. We have to go to local scientist Rafael Tamayo. Positive news indeed. So an interstellar object may have been an alien probe. Is this positive? Uh, yes. yes. They are checking us out. They're how coming did I, to say hi. How did I not know Check about this lawn. until y'all... Who posted this one? Me, duh. You? And where did you hear about this? The internet, duh. Twitter.com. <laughs> oh, el Twitter.com. Mm-hmm, okay. They should sponsor me. You see? Uh, so CNN report, interstellar object may have been an alien probe, which is what a Harvard paper argues. I'm not going to read the rest. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. So I'm going to read a little bit of it. But it says, a mysterious cigar-shaped object was spotted tumbling through our solar system. It was nicknamed Oumuamua, which I am doing terrible Noah, at. Noah, Noah. Yeah. Noah, Noah. But it means a messenger that reaches out from the distant past in Hawaiian. It was discovered in 2017. Since then, they've been trying to figure out what it, like, what it is or what it's about. But... There's a new paper by the Harvard-Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics, and it's saying that this elongated dark red object, which is 10 times as long as it is wide and traveling ding, at speeds ding, of 196,000 miles per hour, might have an, drum roll, might have an what? Artificial origin. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. I'm going to hold Thank up you. that sign like on Independence Thank Day, you. like, welcome, hello, save me. I hope they bring back Elvis. <laughs> I really want to watch Independence Day now. Same. <laughs> so what does this all mean? Scientist that Rafael. Oumuamua may be a fully operational probe sent intentionally to Earth by an alien civilization. Okay, bench. We fit to hop about this caddy. I'm going to be like, pull up. What's good? What's popping? What's up, CYC? Honestly, who is CYC? Can they come get Trump first? I, every, every time I say what's popping, I think of uh, Fry Papita. Aw, that's yeah. sweet. Yeah. Shout out. Um, but yes, this is like s- ridiculously exciting. I am. S- I y'all have no idea. Both Eva and Pat are like searching Twitter right now. I'm they're still not looking even- up election <laughs> results, and I'm sad because they're rigged always. This was the 80s. But- it was here. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Oh, uh, because I. I mean, this would. I could die happy if someone just says confirmed. This is of artificial origin. It was created, and that's all we know. But the government um, won't tell us that because they don't. They won't. They got it all figured out, though. MJ12, Majestic, Truman, we know what you did. We've been out here. We've been watching. We know what you're doing over there in Mount Weather. And I saw signs. So. I went to the Roswell Museum. I know what's up. Anyway, <laughs> thank you, Pat. All right. So in actual good news, because that's <laughs> a little bit scary still, um, shout out to the people that recently interviewed us and had us on articles and things and made us feel really special. We were on the Shorthorn with uh, an article on uh, Latin Trap, which, um, really cool. which was really cool. I was like, whoa, are we qualified to talk about this? And then after she was talking about it, I was like, oh, we kind of know a thing or two. Um, so shout out to... I always refer to her as Mad Gallery. Because of her Instagram name. Yeah, I need to get better at that. So her real name is Ariana, Ariana Mariel Vera. Thank you for reaching out to us. And shout out to Carmina, who I think pointed her our way. Um, that article was really fun. 
And then it was really cool because our boy Obed Manuel yes. reached out to us and did a piece on us. And we've had a few stories in different moments, but I, when I read this, I, I'm always nervous because honestly, even if you, I'm very like, I'll be open and honest and tell you how I feel and blah, blah, blah. But like, it's so easy still for journalists to still not get what your real purpose is. And like, I feel like, especially with the Selena article that happened where they just oh, quoted yeah. me saying like something. Selena I, fan. Yeah. It, no, not that one. I like Selena fan. That was fun. But <laughs> I mean the one where they just quoted me saying like, no, this white woman shouldn't sing that, which I was like, it's not not facts, but like the way they made right. me seem, no, seem yeah. like a dumbass. It's like if you say, I really don't like Latinos voting for Ted Cruz, they would probably post, I really don't like Latinos. Or Ted Cruz. And I'm yeah. Like, and they'll right. be like, no, oh my I'm gosh, <laughs> she doesn't like Latinos. Yeah. No. But- and so like that article for me made me like very cautious of who I like accept stories from now because it just felt weird. And so that article, Obed, like. I like to cry, but I don't cry that easily anymore. And when I read that article, like after I finished, like tears just flowed down my face and I like texted um, Pat and Rafa my tears in photo form. And I just really enjoyed the article because I think you really grasped um, what a big part of our like initial fire was. And so I was really grateful for that. And it was really cool to be on the Dallas Morning News again. Rafi, did you have any other feelings about that? I, I echo that he did a like it was dope. It, it's I'm always nervous too. not nervous, but I'm always like, OK, they're going to you know, they're going to ask all these questions. I'm going to give them these answers and they're going to whatever. And I'm not going to be happy. So I usually don't even read stuff. Damn. But um, Obed was really cool. And then he connected with us. He was here for a while mm-hmm. and kind of told us like his story. So it was interesting after he had asked me a few questions, we kind of like grilled him on what where he was from and I need to take you somewhere else other than El Rincón Tapatío homeboy because I promise you there's better places than that but yikes uh, <laughs> maybe we can have him on the show one day yeah but no it was really cool because um, his story is really interesting too and uh, and so it's, it's cool for us to connect with with people like that um, someone that obviously can relate right and then share with the the world a little bit about what we do but at the same time like you know our immediate thoughts are well you're 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 in this community how can we further your story absolutely so thank you to both of you we were very honored to be thought of and included in those pieces and then finally we just got back from tropicalia do 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 rafa that was your first music festival it was. That was? I didn't know that. Yeah, it was. I'm always a journalist, always digging <laughs> for information. What a loser. That was your first music festival. I did not say that. I just didn't know. Not Pat, like, so shines her trophy that says 15th on it. I really don't know. That's that was your quinceañera? I don't know how many quinceañeras. I don't know how many festivals I've been to. That was my first out-of-state one. Or second out-of-state one. Or third. No, stop it. Stop making fun of me. But I, I got mixed up. What was your other one, though? I'm a little bit curious. Afropunk. Oh, yes. I forgot. <laughs> so, Rafael, I really wasn't trying to be that mean. That sounded mean, though. I'm sorry. I honestly don't even realize. But it was... It was <laughs> what? What did I do? I'm sorry, Pat. I'm voice. sorry, Pat. I don't even... It's because of Rafa. I blame him. He made me this way. Um. So, your thoughts? Um... W- number one, I'm not built for music festivals. Aww. 
Oh, poor baby Ralphie. Um, so if I do go back to a music festival, catch me at the VIP on the couch for the entire <laughs> time. I don't know why you didn't go to the couch enough. Honestly. Because I y'all, kept encouraging you to. I didn't. No, quería estar solito. No, I would have been fine, but then I feel like I would have been doing y'all dirty, like. I know he came and felt yeah. bad and like apologized. To Next you, and time I was, like, I'll go to the Rico station with you. It's not the Rico station. Literally, it was like just a few more dollars than what y'all spent. Okay. Well, next time I'm going to go to the um, few more dollars than I spent section. <laughs> or maybe we'll get media passes. Too. Um, oh, yeah. True. We might we might be working. Uh, it was dope. Uh, it was really cool to, one, talk to all the people that we talked to, um, whether it was like on the like management side or people dealing with the festival in terms of putting it together through some fashion or another. And then like seeing people that you know came here from dallas i know we ran into some peeps but um what was really dope is meeting people that we have never met in person before like came up to us and told us about what we were doing and were really excited to see us and we're like yeah like i legit like if 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 paying to to fly over there and to stay in la and to go to this music festival meant that I would, you know, talk to a person who really validates the work that we're doing as a collective, I would gladly spend that money so many times. Oh my god. Like it, it <laughs> Shout <out> Rip. <laughs> Yeah, for real. Uh my it was it was super dope. Like and you know it's it's those words that fuel everything. Like Not I for real. you know, we we all have day jobs. We all got a million things going on, but that conversation that we had with Maida you know, and, 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 and other people Even too, seeing but, like Erica, who we love and has come yeah, to every event ever. It's super dope. You connect on a, on a, on a level that says you're the reason I'm doing it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, seeing Erica out there and seeing and meeting Maida and seeing these people. It's that's why we're going to keep doing this because, you know, this, this platform is bigger than us. For sure. Um, so Tropicalia itself was like a lot of fun. Obviously you're with your homies, you're drinking, you're dancing, you're having a good time. But the actual fest itself was Loki a hot mess. <laughs> yes, it was. The day before, hours before, they released that like several people had canceled or like dropped out or they like I don't even they didn't even tell us the fact. They just kind of said no, these Cardi people. Cardi didn't even issue an apology or anything. Nothing. Then SZA replaced her, which I love SZA, but I was literally most excited about Cardi, so I was really bummed out. Still kind of am. Yeah. Google obviously got an unfortunate, super terrible accident, so like that is a valid reason. Please take care of yourself. We're hoping you're better, boo. But like, it just, it was kind of a mess. We didn't get any instruction on anything as far as set times or schedule or anything till hours before the festival, literally hours, and it was just. That was just oh so irritating. That's not even including like the list of things they kept changing for what you could and couldn't take because then we couldn't even take the water bottles we had. Bruh. So on that first day, uh huh, Morrissey. Oh my god! How could I forget? Morrissey (laughs) says, "I will not play if there is meat being served." He will not enter. I will not. Yes. If there is meat being served, grilled, prepared, nearby, any of that. Morrissey, this man. Morrissey. And so it was weird. 
So we had heard that, right? Yeah. Because that's what happened. Initially, it was like Maria had come up and yeah, she was Yoli like, yo. Showed, she took a picture of a sign that said the festival will be vegetarian from, from 5, 5 to, to 11, 11 p.m. PM. And yeah. we were like, nah, that's that not for be. real. Yeah. And so then we kept like noticing that like nobody had meat anymore. Yeah. And we even walked up to a couple of vendors because I was like, Rafa, let's just see yeah. what they say. And homeboys had, I mean, they had the whole setup. They had everything, carne asada. You know, al pastor, tacos, and all of this. Everything. Literally, we were starving. We're there for what? Like a 12-hour day, right? <laughs> and we pull up. And so, like, we're double-checking just to make sure. Right. See if we can get a, a, Chicken a nugget, something. an asada taco on the side. Like, I'll slip you an extra 10. I'm like, you have no meat, right? And they're like, no. And so Eva, Eva asks, um, was it because of Morrissey? Yeah. And then and they're like, well, yeah, you know, we uh, it's because of Morrissey. We can't we can't serve we can't any serve. meat. And then I said, like, so do y'all just have the meat back there? Like y'all are just keeping it back there. And they were like, yeah. And and then you asked them, you were like, so when did they tell you this? They told them right like mm -hmm. right before right before. So they were ready for a for a full day of business. Apparently, this is normal <laughs> with him. This has happened for I years. I didn't know that either. But apparently he goes around. He does not perform if they're serving meat anywhere. And this is a known thing for people at music festivals or wherever he performs that they do not serve meat. And so, like, obviously, in theory, cute, live your vegan life do whatever that's fine but the fact that you are fucking withholding businesses from making money people from eating food that they like and find sustainable for them yeah. all because your privileged ass can eat and afford vegan food and you're halting thousands of yeah. people from profiting eating <clears throat> living consuming how they choose to because of what the hell you want to do without no fucking warning until minutes prior to this situation bruh that's what what are you actually accomplishing by that bullshit that's what, what are you actually me. accomplishing i was so angry at that because i was thinking you know it, it had nothing to do with the vegan side i'll fuck up some vegan food same we all will shout out electric kitchen i love you true <laughs> true but but when we walked by, there were so many booths. All of them. Literally yeah, all of them. Sitting there, like, upset. Not making food and they empty. They couldn't do anything. How yeah. much money did they lose? And I don't think they even knew to, like, prepare, like, no. vegan food No, they didn't. Right? They were told, like. The only ones that were still rocking were the vegan ones. Yeah. Which was a couple of them. And so it was just like, and we even asked, like, how do you feel about that? And he's like, I don't like Morrissey no more. Yeah. That's yes. what the guy said. The guy was like, yeah, I don't like Morrissey no more. And I was just like, same. Because I was just like, look at your fucking privilege. I know when these people act this way, are they thinking about the farm workers? Are they thinking about these different things that the vegan lifestyle affects? No, they're thinking about the poor little animals, which I get it. Rock your boat how you want to. But bruh, what are you actually solving with this? Truly. So it was really obnoxious. I thought it was a lot of fun still overall. I was very tired. I'm still tired. I just got back a few hours ago. Um, shout out to Maite for, for being great and wonderful and hosting. True. And uh, Long Beach, California, you're something very interesting. Um, ooh, my favorite part was probably Sonora Dinamita. Um, we, of course, started the Cumbia Circle, but like, yeah. I mean, what else will we do? Um, yeah. It was a lot of fun. Good times. It was fun. <laughs> Nothing else anybody has to say? I got to meet Emo Extremo. Shout out to Sid. She's cool. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, so Rafa saw Jay Versace in line. Oh, yeah. That was funny. That was Because I had no idea. I texted you and I was like, look I know. who's behind and you. And even then I didn't. And you then, hadn't like, looked. I hadn't. And then he asks me what festival we're at. Yeah. And I'm like, Tropicalia. And he's like, oh, shit. And he shows me his phone <laughs> and he was typing Tribal Fest. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? He's way off. And he couldn't get it. So I was like, it's it's just tropical with an IA at the end. That is so funny. Yeah. And then his homie was real cool. I, I didn't, I forgot his homie's name. But. I know, but somebody tagged him on our post and I was like, cool. I didn't know his name either. Um, Pat, how about you, Festival Queen? How are your feelings? Shout out to Favi, who um, I FaceTimed during, <laughs> during the SZA, SZA set. That's the way to watch festivals. I mean, from the comfort of your bed, honey. Yeah. Um, It was pretty cool. I... Liked the layout, I guess you can say, with the way the, the schedule. layout was cool. It was a lot of space. It was convenient yeah. to like make it easier to walk. Type because I've had moments where I feel like I feel like uh, oh, like at other festivals. Yes, at other festivals where it feels like you're just like a cow in a herd. Oh, I was like people. <laughs> I like, do feel like that sometimes, <laughs> where you're just like all assimilating and trying to get like to one location, cow. and they're just Shout like, to- <laughs> don't you don't you bitch, I'm a um, cow. <clears throat> No, but there was a lot of really good sets. I kind of wish there was more like um, like Afro-Latino representation. There, there was not enough queer representation within the artists because there's a lot of that great stuff and like reggaeton and perreo, which I did mention to Richard on the Rebesca article. But yeah, um, it was it was good. I think there's still places that I wish that they'd work on. But I there mean, was a lot it's of only room it's, for growth. But it's only its second year, so I can't hate it too much but i did definitely like la Señora dinamita and combo chimbita oh it's yeah that was lit yeah. and empress love empress of stole my heart again she was really yeah. good stole yeah there was a but yeah there was some good uh i was surprised by a few acts which uh surf circus surf curse surf curse it it was a surf circus. It was. It was. It was, it was like it, 20, like 30 people, people was crowd surfing. Crowd surfing. Uh, I did see that a little bit from afar. Uh, the frights were really dope. Um, wow. Is this all the like bands that I told you to watch? Or <laughs> Ra- uh, Rafa, go watch them because you're going to like them. I Yeah. I saw them at another festival because I go to festivals all the time. I mean, I hadn't seen any of those live. Oh. I just like their music, so I um, wanted to see them. It was really cool to see Claro. Aw, she was so cute. Yeah, like she was like, "Hey, thank you guys. I'm really nervous. I'm really nervous, but you guys are you guys are awesome." Oh, there's so many of you. Yeah, but she did really well. I she thought did, you know and she was very sweet. Yeah, um, yeah, it was just it was it was dope. It was cool. It was Bronco. Fun. Hello? hello. Are you kidding me? They said if you didn't dance to Sergio El Bailador, what is it called? That they said it's not healthy for you if you oh, don't yeah. dance to this. I was like, you're right. <laughs> es malo no bailar. Mm-hmm. I was like, true, true. Yeah, malo para la salud. Um, Rafa just killed me with a Google search he had at a good time. but <laughs> So I was chilling, sleep deprived, exhausted, tired, lit. feeling good, a little lit. <laughs> <laughs> and so we were watching Claro. And Claro's like, she just came out. She just came out. She's looking like she's comfortable. Like she just real cute, real yeah, comfy. Yeah, medio punky, medio. <laughs> God. So I'm sitting there like we're joking and we're like, oh yeah, you know she looks mad comfy and blah blah. Man, and so I tell Emma, <laughs> she looks like that girl in that movie. <laughs> you know that one movie with uh uh the dude from uh Home Alone. <laughs> 
you know where he has glasses and he gets stung by bees and he dies and she goes and she's like he can't see without his glasses <laughs> he was going off I y'all was, he was yes. like he's blind yeah. he's blind and you kept saying that yes i was like and he can't see and he's blind he's not blind he just couldn't he's not see blind at all <laughs> that that goes to tell you how how, how lit he was. was but and i'm telling eva and eva's like oh shit i know the movie but i can't think of the name and i'm like same i'm like i can't think of it either I was like, look so, it up look it up so i pull out my phone and i pull up google <laughs> i wish y'all could see it it's definitely one of those you had to be there moments because the visual of yes. how serious you were. I was locked in. Locked in. That's all your focus in life was. you talking about it the rest of the because night. Because it was it so was funny, bro. In retrospect, that was probably the funniest same. moment. Yeah. Literally same. And I didn't understand what was happening. No. Me and Mike, they were like, okay, and y'all so have this I little pull- moment. Because you mentioned it to me. And I was like, yeah, yes. new girl. Not no. new, new girl, girl, my girl. girl. My girl. Fucking Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> when I pulled up my phone to look for it, I type into Google... <laughs> I don't even type it right. At but all. I, I meant it, that's the funniest type, part. So I meant to type Macaulay Culkin Bees <laughs> movie. <laughs> and he put like Macaulay. Ma- Macaulay. Macaul- Cowlkin. Cowlkin. With like a colon. C- yeah. And then it put <laughs> Bees movie. And, and that's all he Googled. And he tried to search and scroll through Macaulay Culkin. And so, of course, nothing Bees up. movie. And so he gives up really fast. Yeah. And so, like, I didn't say nothing, right? I was just like, oh, he tried. Like, I'm going to let him be. He's lit, whatever. And so, like, 10 minutes, I'm going to let him be. Okay. <laughs> so then, like, 10 minutes later, I remember the movie. And I'm like, my girl. And we, like, get excited. And so then after we leave, I'm like, bruh, do you remember how you wrote that title out? <laughs> I wish I had kept that down <laughs> Google too. search because it, it was so ridiculous. Funny. Yeah, that's why we died on the bus home, Pat. Because I know y'all kept laughing. I had like, not laughed so hard, and I was months. just looking at my thick because we were both like passed out, I was falling asleep. It was and I was ridiculous. like, Why are they still laughing? If you had seen how determined I was to find the name of that damn movie, you'd be laughing too. It's because y'all were all like watching the front, like Clara from one angle, and I was too short. So well, yeah, but still, like if you know me, I'm determined to yes. not misspell things for one. And if I'm trying to find the name, like, and then who types in Macaulay Culkin Bees, Bees movie? <laughs> like, how I feel like that was I only think that's a good search, but though. But that Everybody wasn't even the main part of the movie. He put, he could have put girl, blind, nothing. He put Bees movie. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, maybe it's not that funny to everybody else, but it was one of my favorite moments during the trip and we had a good time so shout out to tropicalia oh i forgot something girls what whenever um one of the chulita vinyl club djs mentioned the mexicali thing i felt really weird about that because it seems like constellation brands like pulled out or something from sponsorship or i don't know what no, they still were a sponsor because but there was everywhere but there were no if you look at the actual sponsorships at the bottom of the page a lot of there was a lot more added than just constellation prior it was only constellation and then a couple days before it all changed to several and then the second day one of the chulita vinyl club djs um that were doing all the in-betweens and kind of hosting a little bit um said something about it and basically called she didn't call them out though she kind of just said look up mexicali and what's happening there which we've discussed on the show how they're basically taking water from the locals and making it into beer to 
for the constellation brands is just horrible right like people taking water which is the people's blah 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 but she it was weird because it was like sis if they're sponsoring this event then this seems silly because we're still all here supporting it. Yeah, and don't act like you weren't enjoying the vibe up until you made that announcement right. several hours it in. It felt so weird and off, and like I appreciate her for doing it, but I feel like there it could have been done in a different way, maybe, or like I, I didn't understand her purpose or goal. And then right. afterwards, they were gone. That's what I'm saying. Like it, and, and so I mentioned this to you and Pat. I kind of feel like if you really stood for it, you would have understood the nature. Of, of how to do it right because I think ultimately if you evaluate that particular action it could be perceived as being counterproductive yeah. because I know after that people were like what mm -hmm. and then if they nobody did, really did or said anything right and and you know if constellation isn't on the sponsors list I mean so modelo was still there corona was still there right and so that's why it was so weird because it's like that's what we discussed right we felt weird yeah. and torn kind of going and supporting this thing when we like obviously bought our tickets before we knew that but at the same time it was just like what are you solving by just saying it i don't know like i appreciate her saying something and like power to her for that but like really know your motive and goal when you do something like that because then it just looks weird and sloppy because we're all there supporting this thing that is bad for our people essentially i don't know it was interesting Tropicalia, we'll see how you do next year, sis, because you got some work to do. And I felt weird about the security guard check looking through my feminine yeah. products because that was a little bit too serious. And they threw away my pins, but I'm just salty. Um, anyway, so that's all we have for the juice. I really do hope that you all aren't taking this election loss so hard because uh, as a people, there's a lot more to us than the government. And um, when I say the powers and the people, I mean that because they work for us. And even though they don't align with us or represent us in that way, um, to me, that's what a real revolution is, is realizing your power and doing something about it outside of just voting. Because that's one small aspect and a tool to use within the system that is not made for us. Um, so keep your head up, keep fighting, keep doing things, get involved, learn, teach let's 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 keep going while we can take care of the fucking planet if not we won't be here for much longer period so thank you that is the juice for this week doo, doo, doo. you're listening to de colores radio all right we are incredibly honored to have our next guest on the show i've been looking forward to having her I feel like since the show started, but I always wait for the right moments to get uh, different people on. But I really wanted her on to enlighten us on Indigenous Voices, and I'm so excited for her to be with us. We have Jody Voice Yellowfish, a Muscogee Creek, Oglala, Lakota, and Cherokee. Born and raised in Dallas, Texas, Jody is a product of the U.S. government's relocation program. She attended Haskell Indian Nations University in Lawrence, Kansas, where she received her associate's degree in social work and studied for her bachelor's in Indigenous and American Indian Studies. Jody is an ambassador and community outreach coordinator for American Indian Heritage Day in Texas and Indian Citizens Against Racial Exploitation. She is also currently a foster parent to her niece and two nephews. Please welcome to the Colores Radio, Jody Voice Yellowfish. <laughs> Yay! Hey. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. 
Um, so I like to jump right in from the beginning with your upbringing here in Dallas, Texas. How was that? Um, hmm. I mean, I had a, I had a, 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 I had a cool, uh, youth, I guess. Like, uh-huh. you know, like, I mean, I grew up in Oak Cliff. Okay. Grew up in Arcadia Park. Nice. Um, uh, like, uh, like you mentioned, um, I'm a product of the relocation program. Mm-hmm. So Dallas is a relocation site. Okay. Um, so what that that program yes, was? Yes, I was like, tell us all about so it because that I've heard that, and I'm like, what all did that entail? Okay, yeah. So the the relocation program, what that is, is the government <clears throat> came up with this program to basically assimilate mm-hmm. um, tribal people to get you all to to cities. Wow. And you know, but that was also to create a separation. It broke up a lot of families. Wow. And, um Yeah, there was there's a lot of there was a lot of misunderstanding of what people were getting themselves into mm-hmm. um there are i don't know how many altogether how many sites there are but there was dallas denver um and what year Chicago. did the, this did was it happen? like mid oh, i'm trying to think now early 70s mm-hmm. late 60s something like and that. so it affected all native people throughout um, the united states or you had to sign up for it okay so what they did was they went to um communities reservations wherever mm-hmm. and kind of enticed you to see what the cities were about wow and um like uh my dad he he actually he's alumni from the haskell institute as well okay cool and so he was finishing up he graduated in 69 Mm -hmm. and he didn't even know but he signed up for the relocation program oh wow he thought he was signing up for a uh, a program where they were going to help him find a job because he had just finished this you know he got a certificate so so obviously they were framing it a certain kind of way as well yeah and he didn't know that's what was that's what it was until Mm -hmm. he got here um yeah so they like got him a bus ticket and he ended up in dallas from kansas yeah and um, that is insane and so what they did here was like you would go to there would be a um, bia which is bureau of indian affairs Mm -hmm. there was an office here so you went to that office and said you know basically here i am and there was a person there and they were supposed to help you find a job and a home and all this stuff. And sometimes it happened and sometimes it didn't. Wow. And what they did was um, they sent families that came together and they sent mm-hmm. them to West Dallas. Um, there was um, the yeah Elmer Scott projects. Mm-hmm. That's where wow. they were sent. And all the single people, they put them in different parts of the city. What the so they hell? were like totally separated. And yeah. so that and he hadn't met your mother at that point. They yeah they met in Dallas yeah. Okay. Yeah. How many how, how many um sites relocation um, sites? Altogether, I'm not sure, but there's Dallas, Denver, Chicago, L.A. Um. And this was all in the 70s. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm trying to think of the. The time span it was like you don't have to know it exactly. I I think yeah. we've all heard of it. Like I've heard of that, but I don't. I think one of the big things I'm going to keep bringing up throughout this interview is how little we know mm-hmm. of native people. Yeah. And, and I put that, you know, the more, the more stuff I started doing, the more organizing and mm-hmm. things I was speaking at, I always put that in there because nobody knows. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's my first time hearing about yeah, it. Yeah. Like oh. no one ever knows. And I mean, I've done stuff where I'm talking to people, city officials, right. you know, people that work for the city that have mm-hmm. no idea. Um, yeah. So it's just, it's nothing that. Right. That's true. I guess I only know because of the classes I took that were purposely like focused on marginalized yeah. groups. But besides that, like 
we don't know and that's why your voice is so important and your bio is so humble so humble <laughs> every I, I always find it fascinating because I ask for people's bio from them and and yours is so like sweet and concise and I'm like no I see you all over the place doing everything and I just can't wait to get more into your story so then obviously the time span like did it stop after a certain point that they were doing that yeah I want to say it stopped like 70 77 something, something mm-hmm. like that but um it's like yeah because like these cities had these uh bureau of indian affairs offices but then they just weren't there anymore right and i mean you know we've done interviews like with um american indian heritage day mm-hmm. um you know we started archiving ourselves because right you know who else is gonna who do else it? is gonna do so it so we started doing that and one of the first things we did was talk about relocation and you know like um people are proud to say that like they survived it basically wow. they came and pretty much were you know here you go see what let's see what happens and yeah and there's a couple of um a couple their elders or ponka mm-hmm. we interviewed them and they were talking about how the husband he actually ended up on a bia like um a poster oh like, my this gosh could be you, kind of but he didn't get any help from them of course wow. yeah they just like they snapped his picture and used it yeah but he didn't he didn't receive the help that he was oh promised coming. Yeah. And they're still here and like they've raised their like, you know, their children, their grandchildren. So then a lot of the natives here in Dallas, are they mostly from the relocation program or is it like um, half and half or it used to be a lot, um, just because, you know, as we, we grow further away from that time span, you know, it mm-hmm. changes a little bit. But For sure. I mean, people don't realize that hundreds of different tribes are represented here. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, the uh, the most you know the the biggest amount of that is because of relocation but um there are just more opportunities and it's people people tend to try these bigger cities when they know there's um like a like a like an office like the intertribal mm-hmm. center uh because they offer a little indian more health help. services mm-hmm. so people can tend to look for things like that and if there is an indian health services it kind of means there's a more of a community for sure or a bigger community. surrounding it yeah because i mean i i still meet people that just came like just wow. you know like natives tend to do that they just yeah travel and mm-hmm. oh, i'm gonna go try this city out. that happens like, here a lot too like i i want to say at least maybe once every other week we'll get someone um because the intertribal center used to be a few blocks yeah, from just, here yeah. oh wow and I didn't so know they that. think yeah so they some people will come in here thinking that they've relocated here mm-hmm. and so we will give them the address they moved yeah. over to the medical district yeah. i think they're yeah. they're okay. at now but yeah people and so you know when tish is here tish will strike up a conversation like hey what so where are you from or <laughs> what's what's your story yeah. and so it's interesting to hear hear all of that and one of the common threads is that there is a big community but mm-hmm. there isn't a lot of you know people don't really know yeah because i mean it's a city and not a reservation so it's not centrally located right. there's not you know just one one community where it's just one tribe mm-hmm. you know so i mean that's that's what i i mean it's kind of difficult to connect but i think that's it's a really beautiful thing that you know we are here and we mm-hmm. are yeah you know, kind of built a, that continued to build that tribe from what's happened here yeah it's like you know like i said there's hundreds of different tribes but it's like there's one community mm-hmm, so and, and sure. that's that's very that's uh, it's a very unique thing yeah mm-hmm. so then both of your parents were from different re- reservations and they met here in <laughs> dallas uh yeah well my um my mother her um her father my grandfather he was in the army so okay. he um i want to they came from san antonio here oh wow and then my dad he grew up in um like northeastern Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and then he went to Haskell in Kansas, and then school. he ended up here. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, 
I'm so fascinated by all this. Like I, <laughs> I, and I apologize because I feel so ignorant to so much of it. And again, to me, that is all a testimony to what the education system does and what it's done to your communities mm-hmm. because of how little we know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I apologize for my ignorance. And if at any point you're like, girl, no, you got it all twisted. <laughs> Please stop. Feel free to, to do so. Um, I've seen this a little more often lately, but like, I don't I'm sure you can tell me what land Dallas Texas is considered or originally was Mm -hmm. um I find that really fascinating and I think I was watching like maybe some like film festival thing in Canada and they were like paying respect to the area it originally was Mm -hmm. and I had never seen anybody do that and it was really mind-blowing to me because I was like whoa that's so simple to even just state what Mm -hmm. it once was yeah um so if you can talk a little bit more about that in relation to Dallas um yeah, I, I had started um, seeing that maybe like, I don't know, a good five years ago or so. Mm-hmm. But every time I tried it here, it just, nobody got the concept. Wow. Like when I was trying, I would like be a part of a different different meeting, different mm-hmm. anything going on. And I would try to do it. And it's like people would just like went over there. I'm like, what? Like, I would love totally, to try to do that. It totally like, it didn't stick at all. Mm-hmm. And then just, you know, like you said, just here recently, I started seeing it right. a lot more. And I think because people kept trying Mm -hmm. you know it kind of started to stick like to pick up you know yeah and i think um i think using the word indigenous too has really helped that Mm -hmm. because it that doesn't just mean you know like tribal people on you know this side of the border or anything right you know and i think it kind of that kind of opens up the conversation to talk about you know like everybody is from somewhere right you know so i think it's it's um it's easier to do that now and it really makes a difference and it kind of sets the tone when you acknowledge whoever's ancestral homeland you're on for sure because and you know i mean everybody's a settler occupier in some some sense you know so and you have to own that you absolutely if you don't then you know it's like what is your work really Mm -hmm. based on i I mean because it's it's a big part of you know it's like how can you work together and build together if you can't kind of heal help heal each other and it's like I had a friend just uh, a couple weekends ago. I spoke at a conference in San Antonio, mm-hmm. and and it was um, for the Western History Association. Mm-hmm. And so I was really like, "How Ooh, do I fit in?" But, but one thing he he mentioned was um, he's like, you know, like historians and you know professors and stuff, academia. They always say historical trauma. And he was like, "It's not historical. We're still dealing with it. it yeah. is, it's never stopped." Yeah. You know? So it's like Yo. these little things like that acknowledgement go a really long way. Right. Like they help they help they empower a lot of people to do right even the littlest the simple validation yeah. yeah it goes a long way of the reality so then what what was what toward what territory was um yeah you know someone asked me the other day and they were talking about they were doing research on what to say mm-hmm. and they um they mentioned uh, apache and Caddo and wichita and i'm not too familiar with um apache in mm-hmm. the area i haven't heard that before too much mm-hmm. but um I was telling them that Caddo, Wichita, and Comanche um, would be a really good good start. A good start. Like you know, for you should area. feel very comfortable with saying those in this area. Fascinating. Ooh, I really could have you for like four episodes because <laughs> there's so many different things, especially nowadays. I feel like there are so many of those conversations, and we'll get into more that are a little bit more familiar and even in the juice segment this episode, we're we're discussing a little bit of like appropriation and stuff like that, which are all so like simple to me but like people are still not getting it Mm -hmm. even dallas councilwoman right like Mm -hmm. what the hell um with with different forms of it of course um 
but as far as within your upgrade upbringing here in dallas and and just knowing who you were from the beginning how is that leading up to where you are now um well i didn't know many many other natives like Mm -hmm. um no, I didn't, I never went to school with any other natives. Like I never had any classmates that mm-hmm. were native except, you know, me and my sister. Right. Um, and, and she's older. So when she left like elementary, it was, it was Aww. me, you know, like I didn't know anybody. Right. Um, but I still loved like, you know, where I came from. I had tons of friends and, you know, things like that. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of, I guess, activity to participate in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there'd be. Well, like one thing like with natives, especially here in Dallas too, like um, they really gather around sports. Of course. Yeah. So it was like (laughs) it was softball, basketball, you know, things like tournaments constantly. Uh And um, there was always powwows at at Kid Spring Recreation Center. There was powwows like every month. And like nice. nobody knows that. Like nobody knows that there was like Aww. all these natives gathering uh, in, in the that, it'd be crazy like it'd be super dope to just have some kind of historical documentation of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like just to, uh, you know and it's it's hard too. It's like when we started like um trying to archive and get stories for ourselves, like what was happening was we would have because we didn't know how we were gonna do it. We had no idea how we yeah. were gonna go about this and just so we would kind of just meet and get people to start talking with wow. each other. And the more these gatherings happen, they just start bringing out pictures and uh, photos and, and stuff. Oh, newspapers man. and stuff like that. So people had tons of stuff. And like we have pictures of everybody showing some. We're like, like this is going to happen. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was I mean, that was a great thing. And um, I mean, back to like, you know, me and my identity and growing mm-hmm. up and everything, uh, you know, my name always. My name was always a thing that like, what? Like, who are you? What are you? And, you know, of course, I always got like everybody speaking to me in Spanish. Or I was about mad, to say, how can mad you? That I couldn't speak in Spanish. Like, Ooh, constantly. I mean, I was, I always looked like I was about to fight. Like, stop. <laughs> I, got, I would I fight angry. if I were you. I was angry all the time. Because I of bet. That. Like, and like, I never got the chance to say anything on mm. that. You know, they just like, you know, like if I was stupid for not knowing or, you know, you can say it now. Our listeners need to know. <laughs> but like, you know, like but I would just like kind of put up with it and ignore it for a mm-hmm. while. And like once I got a little bit older, um, I would just started. <clears throat> I took a little more pride in saying, you know, like where my name was from. And mm-hmm. because like my my name actually um, it's actually a lot longer. My grandfather give it to name, us. OK, so. The the actual name, like my grandfather's name, was She Elk Voice Walking, mm-hmm. and it didn't fit on a dog tag in the army. Wow! You know, he he joined the army mm-hmm. to leave the reservation like uh-huh. when he was a kid. Wow! And um, yeah, it, they kind of told him pick a name, sort of like <laughs> so. Like um, he comes from She Elk, and then Voice Walking, and that came together. Like his father was She Elk, oh. but um, how he chose the one. The one word I don't know, like you know, I don't know how he came <laughs> he up went with for that. It. But yeah, that's, wow, he got um, changed in the army and it stuck. Can you can you explain really quick the the um like naming the the, the pro- process the, yeah or how that because you said like his the name... origins of the name and where yeah it's... like it's I mean it's different too with every tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, my grandfather he was Oglala Lakota and. Like, I just, I know that they refer to his father as She-Oak. And then I know there's voice walking. And mm-hmm. I don't know, like, where it came together. Um, but, like, if you were to 
to like research they have these things called winter counts Mm -hmm. and you know basically they're they're huge pictures on on hides on tan hides Mm -hmm. and um we can trace them back and we see the pictures and we see where how far it goes back but Mm -hmm. i'm not that connected to Mm -hmm. to -hmm. that tribe because like for one thing my 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 grandfather when he left he never went back and he didn't Mm -hmm. want his children to go back he told them you know there's nothing there you he left because there was nothing and like that's how there's a disconnect because of that too that's why i don't know was he trying to fully assimilate at that point or was he just like i just want to start my own life kind of yeah okay he more wanted to leave a a bad situation Mm -hmm. you know like but he was still embedding like the pride in yeah i mean he was always a you know pride a proudful like about about who he was and everything Mm -hmm. it's just there was he he grew up in a time and a place he's from uh, the pine ridge reservation and that's Mm -hmm. like the poorest site Mm -hmm. in the country and so you know it's like third world third world conditions so it's Mm -hmm. like he he left and he was just like there's nothing you you can't thrive there basically right and i mean of course i mean he struggled with with that that disconnect to himself after sure but yeah and wow that's (laughs) Yeah. And so the Whew. name, but then the name followed like. Yeah. Once the, what the name he put down for the army, that's what, that's what, followed. that's what stuck. Yeah. yeah. That is so fascinating. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep saying it, but I mean every word and there's like, Oh, okay. Let's keep going. If not, I will keep you here all night. So I guess I, I was very curious about because Oak Cliff, you were in Oak Cliff in schools. Mm-hmm. So you were predominantly around Latinos. Mm-hmm. And so I cannot imagine <laughs> the frustration I would feel if I was con- constantly getting that, right? Getting that, like, why don't you know Spanish? Or you look this way, you must yeah. be this way. Or they probably just said, oh, you're Mexican and stuff like that all the time. Like, I just can't imagine what that frustration is like. Because I've seen it with, like, other Latinos when they're like, oh, I'm Salvadorian, not Mexican. But it's like when you're you're native, I can't imagine how frustrating <laughs> it is. Um with school and just even beyond just being here in Oak Cliff, you're going to get it all the time. I'm sure having yeah. brown skin and you know, all the similar features. Um, but I, I guess I find it also interesting because a lot of, a lot of Latinos, a lot of Mexicanos really try to really try to claim the indigenous title for themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know if you've noticed it more lately and, and some people do know their direct line, mm-hmm. yeah. But I feel like it's a very like narrow path and I don't think everybody should be claiming that if they don't know their direct line. I don't know if you have any feelings on that Um, because to me it's like okay even if we did at some point have that line somewhere I think it's disrespectful to be claiming that in that way. Yeah Um, um, I don't know it's kind of like you are indigenous and you should know mm -hmm. but it is difficult to say like where right you know and it's like it's and it's hard for me to kind of speak on that too because you know like how you know past the border you're it's not um what do you say like documented Mm -hmm. the same way that it's documented here for sure i mean we're down to like i mean like blood i mean we we were tracked like animals you know you know we have a pedigree we have a blood quantum you know like like a horse or a dog (laughs) you know and it's like we can go back i can find i can tell you like names and numbers because we have roles that have to to do these things Mm -hmm. you know and so it's like 
do you want to be that proud about knowing that much or do you just want to be proud of knowing you know you know you're of this type of people or right this, no for you sure know? so it's like you know when i do see you know folks that are saying they're indigenous stuff i i used to get really really annoyed when i was younger with reason but yeah but that was because i didn't understand how how colonized it was to have mm-hmm. to say you know i'm one fourth this much i'm like how do you say you know some you know this one fourth of me is, is this tribe you know it's like right. how does that work and why does it have to be that way you for know? sure so it's like i as i grew older and i understood that and i tried to i guess kind of decolonize and mm-hmm. look at colonization differently you know i took a little i took it a different kind of view a little right. you know I, I i don't see a problem so much and i, I don't think it's disrespectful per se but okay. i do think there is with any people's like there is a way to learn mm-hmm. and it's like if you're not taking the time to learn right. then you really aren't showing anything you're not showing how you're indigenous you're just you know it's not just a right a label you yes know? It's, a, it, it's a it's the it's way more than that life. yeah for sure yeah i i was always curious about that because i have seen people do it and i know especially because there is this border that separates um in general a lot of people are are grasping for that right and obviously no one wants to be like i'm colonizer you know like mostly that or mostly spanish or whatever and so it's a really it's a deep conversation and very complex conversation to have i don't think there's a right or wrong answer but i Mm -hmm. think there is a way like you said to go about it to where we we can have these and you're also still being mindful of of also being in a you know the united states and and not um having that same experience um so what i'm just curious what did you feel like in school did like receiving like with the education texas specifically Mm -hmm. provides did you feel like oh this is all wrong and i know this is wrong or were you kind of like just going with it because i think for like for me with like Chicano studies, I didn't, re- I didn't receive any of that. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just went with whatever they fed me that the United States government did for yeah. the people. And so I guess I don't, did you even process it in that way? Or was it like something you didn't discover until later on in life when you did your own studies? No, it's like, <clears throat> it's just this inherent thing. You know, that it's not right. Mm-hmm. You, you know, cause I, I mean, you're looking at it, you're reading it. And even, even though like, you know, you would study Texas history, of course, because you're here. Right. So it's like you would study tribes that were from here, even though those aren't my tribes. It's like I just knew it wasn't wasn't right. Right. I couldn't tell you why, but I knew it wasn't. It knew didn't it make wasn't. sense. And like I, I, there was a few times like I know, like I remember being in the fifth grade and mm-hmm. saying when my tribe was listed and I knew it wasn't being said right because it wasn't spelled right. Wow. In a, in a social studies book. And this teacher just went off how he could not like, you know, it's like it's in here. So it's it's it what's is, right. That's what's right. Ugh. You know, and I was just like, I was so mad. I just remember going home and like, I remember telling my dad and he mm. was just like, you know, like you can't really if you can't really do anything about it, sort of, you yeah. know, like like you you said, you, you know, you said what you, you needed to say. Right. But it's it takes a lot more to change somebody's mind, basically. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, you know, he's a teacher. That's a textbook. Mm-hmm. He's you know, it's it's hard to kind of like break that relationship. You know, it's like yeah. you can't just say that's wrong, mm-hmm. even though you've been teaching that for 25 years. Like. And that teacher's mentality is what's so widespread mm-hmm. that it's it's like insane to think of 
the idea that you might be wrong or that you might be mistaken or even not that you're wrong, but not that it's an, a, a personal attack, that things might be a little different than what you understand them as. Mm-hmm. It's not as cut and dry as here. This is what you this is what you teach. And that's it. Yeah. And this is the truth. Yeah. yeah. I just remember because I know literally it took me until college to realize how terrible Columbus was. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's so fucking pathetic. Yeah. Like that up until this point, I was basically brainwashed to believe that that was fine and that was right and i didn't they didn't tell us about the severeness of the impact until i was taking like ethnic studies essentially and started digging into it and realized the impact of what what all the colonizers had yeah. done yeah and so i'm just like i can't imagine being native and living that and having to like constantly reaffirm your existence almost mm-hmm. is what i imagine obviously i yeah, could I be mean, wrong. i mean we were almost wiped out yeah you know? I mean, absolutely you know i tell i tell everybody you know like colonization worked you know mm-hmm. it did it it did what it was supposed to do i mean and we're only like 0.5 of one percent of the entire population like presently God. you know so it's like you know i i always feel like you know there's natives everywhere like mm-hmm. i tell everybody i can go anywhere and there's a native like you know mm-hmm. and but then i was like how does that work if you know we're only this amount of people like how does you know it like it boggles my mind still like the things that we can accomplish with the numbers we have right you know but i mean that's that's the reality is that the effects of columbus still affect our reality today mm-hmm. you know and i don't think that's a really hard concept for people to grasp like yeah. especially educators like you know it's like they're it's the toughest this, ones yeah it's like yeah. you know they're taught to teach this and you know, what are they going to teach if they're not teaching that textbook? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like they don't, you know, it's, I mean, on an individual basis, you can find educators that are willing to. But overall, it's like it's crazy hard. Yeah. Um. So as we're talking about numbers a little bit, I, I guess before I get into the numbers, rather, uh, if you can describe this is very um, specific, I suppose, but it's a broad question. Um what it, what is it like to navigate as an indigenous woman um let's see it's like i always kind of feel like you have to be like you have to be completely strong you have to do this mm. you have to be able to handle everything yeah. that's kind of how i've always felt <clears throat> and, and it wasn't until i don't know just in the past like maybe five years or so of my life i'm like okay i don't have to be <laughs> in control all the time. i don't have to be able to do this all the time mm-hmm. um and i think there's just there's finally a shift and i see a lot more positive things happening because people are are looking back at you know like how colonization affected those how colonization affected our relationships and how mm-hmm. we raise our families and how we carry ourselves and um you know once there was a there was a a break from ceremony and traditional ways of you know like some tribes were um matriarchy you know Mm -hmm. matrilineal and it's like people are finding kind of rematriating spaces Mm. and it's changing everything wow you know it's changing how and that's a recent wave again yeah i you know like i i mean it's just like we always knew that we did all the work, but we just didn't take any of the credit. Wow. And I think that's a big thing. And I see the shift in my own life where mm-hmm. I'm kind of like in the past few years, I'm just like, okay, I'm not going to do that. And before, yeah. you know, I can see that I can see, you know, even with it's um, 
a native, like a native, like a male, and we're doing anything, we're doing organizing, doing something. I'm just like, okay, I'm not. No, I don't want to do that anymore. Wow. And you know, and it's like we're having to do that now and change how we're working with each other, mm-hmm. so that everybody else can work with us the same way. For sure. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so much to learn and to know and you just hold so much power and <laughs> I just like I'm amazed and I want to know everything about like your whole family <laughs> and I probably need to do that at coffee and not on the podcast maybe. Um, but um, tell us more about uh, the missing and is it missing and murdered indigenous women? Yeah. Um, tell us more about that. Uh, so... <clears throat> You know, there's a a crisis, an epidemic all across, you know, I would say all of Turtle Island, you know, like up mm-hmm. into to Canada, this country, down in Mexico. Like, I mean, it's everywhere. For sure. um, you know, uh, indigenous women, you know, they're like, it's just, they're more likely to be um, assaulted, raped, kidnapped, murdered. I mean, all of everything bad you can think of, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, is that <clears throat> there's never any any um, investigations. There's never, there's no data to look at. There's not a missing persons database where if you do find a body, um, you know, you, you don't, you can't run the names. You can't run the DNA, DNA against anything. Mm-hmm. Um, like when we were doing the, the events for American Indian Heritage Day, um, one of our, our committee members mentioned how, and she mentioned it. I was really young when this happened too, but I remembered it, how she was saying there was a, there was a body found of a female and, uh, the only thing they were showing was, um, a tattoo. And it wow. was like, cause it was a very native themed tattoo and I kind of mm-hmm. remember it. Um, but that's what, how they identified her. And, um, she was saying how she even then she was thinking like why is there no how how was she not this person not missing you know because mm-hmm. they found they identified her immediately once they released that that image right. and but there was there had been no missing persons that matched that and so um you know it's it's been the same way it's still the same way you know, and there's, that was there's when no, i would say i had to be like in elementary school still. wow but um yeah there's no there's no national database there's no um and one of the things the big things is when uh situations like that happen on tribal land mm-hmm. uh that's where it gets sticky you know all the red tape where jurisdiction um counties can't can't look um tribal police don't have the resources uh they can't prosecute any non-native members on tribal land so you know if you're not a tribal member and you go and you know you rape or murder somebody you kind of there's a loophole you know like you they can't do anything to you so it's like you know like families don't know what to do you know so it's like you know we're tribal citizens but we're also u.s citizens and we can't get the resources to to find something you know there these are like citizen-led searches all the time that look for bodies and you know um like there was you know there was one in i think north dakota Mm-hmm. And she was found in her truck in a in the in the, in the river, less than a mile away from her home. Wow. But they had to wait, like you know, like the family was like, we have to look in the water and all this stuff. But they didn't have the resources, and then winter came. And oh my gosh! Yeah, you know, so it's no. like you have to wait the whole season, and you know that happens more times than you can you would you could think. 
Jeez. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's just there's a lot of there's a lot of work and a lot of um research into actually finding true numbers of you know how many how many women have are missing at the moment you know and you know there are like i said there there's nothing through the government nothing through um tribes you know they don't have the resources to do these things you know and so people are creating their own you know they are you know decolonizing data basically Mm -hmm. you know they are taking it into their own hands and counting their own people wow Ooh, I remember the exhibit you brought in, um, which highlighted a lot of the statistics and numbers. And I was just like, whoa. Yes. So um, I'm a part of a um, an indigenous women's collective, uh, women, women warrior work. Mm-hmm. And through that collective, I happened to get connected with the, the ladies that started this thing, our rivers red earring mm-hmm. exhibit. And that's what we had yes, here. Yes, and yes. what it is, is when they, decided to do this this project they just put a call out and just sent it through you know like person to person you know community mm-hmm. community to community and they asked for people to send in a single earring and that was to represent um missing missing or murdered indigenous indigenous women wow. and uh the exhibit that was here was the second to the largest group oh wow and there was a small there's a larger one than the one we had here and then a smaller one and um they actually stopped. Uh, they're going to stop uh, sending those exhibits around this year, in the hopes that the communities that are hosting them uh, start to create their own exhibits. Mm. And uh, before we hadn't even started to collect any earrings or make any earrings, and I was already getting calls about, "Can you bring the exhibit? You know, like oh, here." Wow. So it's like hopefully we can do that mm-hmm. in the area in North Texas and definitely raise raise more awareness that way. For sure, I I am. I feel like you are so, I don't even know how to describe it because you're so calm and there's so much knowledge you hold and we don't know these stories. We don't know these things. And like, it's not, I think indigenous women in general are like, even on the, what is the equal pay? Like they're Mm -hmm. near the bottom as well. And so it's just like all these never ending things. And we talk about that a lot in, on the podcast of how women women of color and indigenous women and and trans women and just all these different um women are just held at the bottom so often mm-hmm. and so it's just like uh, i don't it, it gets really exhausting um and frustrating and so i'm i'm admiring your your constant poise and strength <laughs> and just positive outlook and just everything all the time every time i see you um with all this information and power and energy you hold um as we're getting close to wrapping up i i I wanted to chat a little bit more on on your feelings on on mascots which is a constant big discussion Mm -hmm. um well actually it's not that big but like you hear it every few months i feel like mostly around sports seasons um do you want to tell us more about that and and what you're doing with that uh yeah sure so um i really (laughs) actually started like doing stuff surrounding like mascot issues when i was in high school oh wow um so uh 
the the founder for American Indian Heritage Day in Texas, Peggy Larney, mm-hmm. she used to run the American Indian Education Program within the um, Dallas Independent School District. Oh, wow. And she happened to attend, she was invited to attend like a pep rally at a school, and they happened to be have a, a native mascot. Oh, wow. I don't remember if they were like Braves or Warriors or whatever, but uh, she went and she was just like, she couldn't believe what she was seeing. And they had, um, she always talks about they had this this ugly, huge paper mache head that of they course. were wearing. And, um, you know, she was like, and nobody was saying anything. She said she was there and she was just looking around like, mm-hmm. you know, what the hell is anybody going to say anything? Or So she goes back to her office and she tells her, her coworkers um, in that department that she's going to, She's going to say something to the to the district somehow. Mm-hmm. And uh, when that started, um, I happened to be in a youth group and a few of us started working with her on what do we do about this? Mm-hmm. And uh, we started we actually around that time, too, um, there was a big thing with uh, the uh, Kiss FM mm-hmm. and Kid Craddock and they were doing um, the morning show. Uh-huh. Um, so they were giving away they were giving out Indian names. Oh, on the God. air so and that was happening right around the same time so there was like um there were opportunities for us to gather and have kind of public talks and stuff about what was going on right and so dealing or working with peggy and mm-hmm. going through the district meeting with people and doing things um and also having to speak publicly about that issue that was going on and what we talked about um with indian names mm-hmm. uh kind of just catapulted me into having to speak about what I thought about it and with the with things with the district um with that work that we did uh we eliminated all the mascots in the DISD like if nobody notice notices that that is amazing so um last year was the 20th anniversary of when we did that wow so um that happened in I think it was May of 97 that Mm -hmm. it actually like wow everything was eliminated yeah, I didn't and, realize that. That's so true. Yeah, so yeah, and like, I I um I actually was with a friend and we went to a rally at um, uh, Cowboy Stadium over mm-hmm. in Arlington and uh when the Washington team came mm-hmm. and I was speaking out there and I mentioned this stuff and he grew up in Oak Cliff and he organizes and everything and he's just like, I didn't know that how he said. But now I remember when this elementary, you know, the school by me, it used to be, they, they were the Braves or whatever. And now they're, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And he's like, I didn't know that happened like all over the district. Nobody ever made any notice of it. Yeah. But now we are that. on the Colores Radio. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, now people like, and then like last year when we were um, like, you know, we had posters and shirts for, for the anniversary of that. And people, mm-hmm. you know, even our, our native community didn't know that that wow. happened. Uh, so it's, it's just something that's very, um. I don't know this is inherent fight that you mm-hmm. constantly people don't realize um and it, it, it turns into an argument into a fight because you people don't realize the impact that has on on young people right you know um just like you know with the, with costumes and mm-hmm. things like that like you know people don't realize that th- those things mascots and appropriation of costumes and you know the Pocahati costumes and stuff like that, like how mm-hmm. that directly affects, you know, like the numbers for missing and murdered indigenous right. women and, you know, the psyche of the of our of our future, you know, of our kids and everything, how, you know, they can go out to, you know, the stadium and they can see people wearing fake headdresses yeah. and wearing things like or, or saying things like, you know, they're gonna 
they're gonna scalp the Indians or they're gonna, you know, yes. like oh, you know, Redskins this and that. Yeah. How they like, view themselves, how they view yeah. everything surrounding it perpetuates them. All of that. Uh I remember when um I, I wouldn't say that that conversation surrounding the Washington mascot reached a height, but um, the guy from ESPN, Bamani Jones, mm-hmm. wore a shirt that said Caucasians. Caucasians yeah. Oh, had, yeah, I do. And that. he had like a little money sign and all that. And people like flipped out yeah, and freaked over it. Yeah. I feel like with sports, it's so tied to just their loyalty to it that they can't see how idiotic it is mm-hmm. and like even to me the name the dallas cowboys like yeah. cowboys in general like look at the history of what cowboys were doing look at the history of what rangers were doing the mm-hmm. texas rangers weren't good people mm-hmm. kind of i don't know if they still aren't whatever <laughs> anyways but i'm like look at the history of these yeah. teams like seriously it's 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 not it's not funny but because we have such loyalty to these teams or pride within our sports especially here in texas like we can't even fathom Mm -hmm. so like you having done that to disd 20 years ago is amazing and so many freaking districts can follow so many teams can follow so much in the world can follow i'm thinking of grand prairie where i'm from the south team is 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 i didn't even think of that until right now i was like holy crap Whew, there's so much and there's so much i think even beyond just these like bigger topics that that can be discussed um whether it's like like two spirits in general recently kind of became more of a topic of discussion with the trans community mm-hmm. um and stuff like that and there's just so much that we can get into or i think even like um people using the terminology like spirit animals and stuff like that i'm just like there's so much that we've I guess I say disrespectful because I don't know what other words to say it as. Um, but I'm just like, we don't even realize that we normalize that when it's not okay. Yeah. Um, at least to me, again, speaking for, from, for you, it might be different. Um, but that's what I assume. Um, so I don't know if there's any other of those discussions you want to bring up before we wrap up. <laughs> just like, you know how you're talking, like you mentioned like spirit animals and things like mm-hmm. that. Like, like, it's so normalized that's why why people don't think they're disrespectful and it's like you know i kind of got to a point too where you know i would get asked these dumb questions and i would just ignore them instead of you know you know especially when you're younger you're tend to you're you know you're gonna get angry yeah (laughs) so i that's where i was for a long time in that space where i was just like i can't even i mean people would ask if you know um if i lived in a tp or if we have horses and People, I used to get asked, like, white women have asked me to buy my hair. Stop! Like, no, oh like, like, I, yeah, I have, it. I've been, you know, like, at, at, at dances at powwows and things, and, yeah, or, you know, and your hair is, like, super, like, sacred to the individual, and right. I would have people, like, try to touch my hair and ask uh, me, like, you know, things like that, or, um, I'd have stuff that were, like, um, I used to have a fan, and it had eagle feathers on it, and mm-hmm. I'd always got asked, like, where can I buy one, you know, and it's, like, and you just get so annoyed that you come to a point where you don't want to have that conversation. You don't mm-hmm. want to get into it because you're going to argue. But, you know, it's like I had to <laughs> I had to like really grow up and figure out like, OK, I got to the way to navigate I, I gotta check it. myself and then be like, because they're just going to do it to somebody else if they're mm-hmm. not told. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like, you know, like even my like my niece was telling me how like when she was discussing um our annual celebration for um, American Indian Heritage Day with her teacher, um, 
one of her friends were like, I didn't even know Indians existed. Oh, my God. Or something. And, you know, this was just, you know, a month ago. I'm you know? sure it was a Latino <laughs> so, child. I feel it. I can feel it. But, um, yeah, so, like, but she was she was cool about it. You know, she was like, you know, like, that's stupid. Like, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And she was t- talking about how the teacher was like, you know, that's really rude. Why would you say that? She's like, well, I didn't think they did. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, um, and I told, I was telling my niece, like, you know, well, you know, she hasn't learned that. Right. You yeah. Know, and that's no what one has taught her that. That's where the teacher could yeah. have done a bigger thing and said, hey, OK, we need to really understand mm-hmm. this. Um, your niece is so sweet, by the way. I <laughs> want to say hi to her. You don't I don't know if she's going to listen to this, but um, this might be a really tough question. I I may be wondering this for my own curiosity, because especially right now, elections are happening. Don't know if it's looking good. I don't think it was when we last looked. Um what is the best way to maintain faith in a system or society that isn't made for you? Um, the best way I think is, you know, you have, you, you have no choice, but to navigate living your life in within, you know, the, 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 the system that wasn't made for you. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, you know, um, when we talk about like decolonizing, people are kind of like, you know, I, I can I can mention decolonization and somebody I you know, I've been told several times like, Well you what, you wanna go back to like TP days and where you gotta ask like no, it's not you know, it's like just because <laughs> Right that was our, our, our past and our culture, that doesn't mean that we would have we wouldn't have you know, progressed any advanced from there. Yeah, it's like we you know, that was it was bound to happen. We were gonna come to a, a point where we were living in a society similar. Right. And I just kind of feel like to navigate what we have to deal with today, you have to kind of make sure you don't lose your, not lose your past, but you have to acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. You have to, you have to acknowledge that, you know, this is my culture. This is my, my name. This is my family. Mm-hmm. And this is what we dealt with. This is what we, you know, the pain that we had, you know, we have to acknowledge all that or we can't deal with the painful things that are in front of us. Right. You know, and the painful things that are happening in front of us is things that we can, you know, directly affect or change or help or, eradicate or combat in some kind of way for sure but i don't think if you if you can't you know confront your past then you can't do anything now and you can't really Mm. really do any work i guess amen (laughs) (laughs) um with with that i am like very big on self-care what do you do for self-care um i walk i love your little pictures of you walking (laughs) i'm like oh i should do that but i don't (laughs) Um, yeah, I walk, um, I love to, um, to drive, listen to the radio. Like, I mean, that, that's, that's it. Like I blast the radio, I mean, anything like, and I sing and so even when the the baby's with me, like the baby will be like, it's loud. But you know, that that's, it's good for, it's good for myself. And, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I just, uh, I do bead work when I it's when amazing. I when I when I, get I need the to buy to some set up and do it. It takes a lot of time, a lot of a lot of space, and having a toddler doesn't help that. Yeah. So it's like it's kind of hard to do that. Um, we didn't even get to we didn't get to chat too much about the foster foster life. Oh, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, um, um, uh, <laughs> but how can we be better accomplices and allies to the indigenous communities in small and big ways? Um, acknowledgement. I think, you know, like that's an easy and first but very big step for 
individuals and organizers and groups and everything to to if you do that that starts a whole conversation that would have never happened and i think that's the first big thing and i think if you're going to help um committees or organizing organizing or any kind of movements like you have to know your place you Mm. can't you can't own anyone's movement because you can't own anyone's past and pain and what they're working for so i think just basically like i mean knowing your place when you're helping somebody um and being willing to learn uh learning in the way that indigenous people want you to learn you know you can't just go to like go to one of our committee meetings and the next thing you know like like you're in and you know all this stuff like it doesn't work right like that. that's not like, how it goes and especially with um with native communities like even even us even me growing up here and all these families knowing me we have to really talk people into telling us their stories wow. like they don't just tell us either like, yeah there's still really, trust you have to build yeah and all you of have that. to really you know like um you know, I mean, there's such a history of being exploited, mm-hmm. you know, with everything that we've ever done. It's so it's trauma like, of it yeah, all. So even with us, it's like, well, who's going to see this? And, you know, and we just show it in the next room, all these movies, these little films we make. But it's a big deal to mm-hmm. to people to hear their stories being told. So I think if someone is willing to tell you their story, then you have to be, you know, that's a sacred thing. <laughs> you For know, sure. learning, learning something about somebody from them. Absolutely. Um, it just needs to be respected, I think. Well, thank you for sharing your story with us here at the <laughs> Colores. I, um, I've said it a million times. I gotta keep asking a thousand questions. Um, so thank you for opening up to us oh, and sharing this all with us. Is there anything else you want to share with us, or how can we find and follow you and your work? Um, me personally, you can, all my all my social media is my name. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't OG. like when. Yeah, I don't like when people don't have their names on same i don't i don't get it like (laughs) they're just sometimes they're just taken (laughs) but like i mean yeah so if you can jody voice yellowfish on everything um uh, american indian heritage day in texas we have facebook instagram and i care indian citizens against racial exploitation um facebook heritage day has a website as well do you Um, have any events coming up or anything you wanted to plug um so uh, Heritage Day, we'll have uh, what we call, uh, we have a, an art exhibit called Cradle Board. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where we get uh, youth from our, our community. And we, we give them a, a theme, which it's just identity. And we help them create a piece. And awesome. we surprise them when they think they're going to sh- just showcase their work at the event. Um, we have prints for them to sell. Aww. So we teach them how to... Um, not only create the art, but to support themselves. Like, Profit I mean, cause that's it. something, um, in native communities, we are, we have tons of like amazing artists. Like, I mean, it's shocking how, wow. how talented and how many artists there are in our communities. And, but you know, we're told too much that, you know, that doesn't, you can't have a life, you know, that doesn't support yeah. you and your family. Mm-hmm. And so we want to show them that there are ways to, and, you know, so it's like they leave the day with the, a little bit of money and we're telling them you know you just had your first art show you know you just Aww. did this and so that's happening soon i don't know if we had the date set for that just yet but um i think that's the only thing for um heritage day at the moment and uh, i don't know when we're doing our our fuse lens our, our film event just yet we don't have a date for that um but uh there are some organizations uh, i think the lead organization is so- society of native nations um 
in Ames, Central Texas. They'll be hosting a rally um, Thanksgiving Day oh, wow. <laughs> in Arlington when the Cowboys play Washington. Mm. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah. yeah so Ooh. that's yeah, and y'all, that re- a few weeks ago, there was a rally protest and people were arrested, right? For something else. Uh, well, there's there's, there's been a so lot much of that. There's been a lot of um, stuff about costumes mm-hmm. lately, and there's there was a lot of um, like police presence at a thing in Arizona where they're trying to get this uh, this lingerie site had um, a whole line of stuff that was like Jesus. native theme, you know, uh, Indian maiden type stuff. And Gosh. So yeah, it's just it's all the time, but yeah, that's happening that day. Thanksgiving Day, Cowboys play Washington. Yeah. Of all, of all of days course, and all games. Of course. <laughs> but yeah, there's a rally that day um, if anybody is interested. Definitely. Well, I totally feel like this was a really... Um, I think it's telling of Native people how, how deep this episode or this interview is and, and how much we don't know. And I hope that all my listeners feel the same way. Um, and I assume they will because typically they're like, whoa, I didn't know that. And I'm like, I know. That's why we <laughs> need these people on these shows and brought them in here. I, I know our interview's probably gone too long, um, but I wanted to lighten it up at the end because I know a lot of the subjects are really... Um, heavy so i wanted to do just a quick lightning round as we say goodbye to you and i'm gonna ask you like speed questions <laughs> if you're into it if not we don't have to um <laughs> and you can just give us the first yeah the first thing that comes to mind okay okay you ready <laughs> all right <laughs> rafa do you want to do it do you want to say it i'm sure okay i'm gonna let you do it okay here we go <laughs> <clears throat> favorite rapper Oh, um, Tupac or Wu Tang? Ooh, Ooh I, I guess I I thought you were gonna say Tupac. <laughs> um, favorite snack? Um, oof. um, I don't know. Um, what do I like to snack on. I like popcorn. Mm. <laughs> Excellent choice. Yeah, we are, we we're are. judging you over yeah. here. <laughs> favorite Selena song? Um. Oh dang! I was just listening to Selena in the car. <laughs> uh, I know I saw you at a Selena event or two. <laughs> Man, I don't know. Um, Coma la flor. Ah, yay! <laughs> Favorite book. Um, Memoirs of a Geisha. Oh. Okay. Favorite TV show. Oh man. Um. I like American Horror Story, Ooh. and I love watching The Challenge. The, on MTV? Well, I don't know the challenge. <laughs> I have been watching that for years. Yeah. <laughs> um, and final question. <laughs> I wrote these. Can you tell? Yeah. Celebrity crush. <laughs> Celebrity crush. Uh, if any. Let me think. Um, dang, I don't know. Um, you don't have to have one. They're not that great. No, like, um, <laughs> I think Jason Momoa is pretty hot. Ooh. That is okay. See, you got good answers. (laughs) I'm into it. I'm into it. All right. Well, thank you, Aquaman. Thank you so much, Jody, for being with us. Um, You're welcome back anytime. Let us know if there's any ways we can help you. Thank you for all your work you do in the community and beyond because it's not even just limited to Dallas. Um, We're thankful for everything you do here, and we are glad you stopped by the Colores Radio. Thank you. I had fun. Yay. You're listening to De Colores Radio.
thank you again to our guest jody voice yellowfish for joining us she spit a lot of knowledge to me that i am grateful for and i hope that you all enjoyed and benefited from it like i did um like i was telling my my fellow people here we don't know these stories enough and it's really devastating and heartbreaking makes you like reevaluate your privilege Mm -hmm, absolutely so we talk about all these other things that you know where we are you know either marginalized or an afterthought but even when we really like look at the situations that we're in and then we we speak to someone like jody and we look at that particular situation mm-hmm. or the situations that a lot of the natives or indigenous people in in our country who are u.s citizens are living with and going through like it doesn't compare it doesn't even come close to Mm-mm. comparing and I remember I had um, when they did the red ear, the earrings exhibit here, mm-hmm. um, I felt like such a fool because I was talking to her and, and uh, Jason Ortiz, who's also with the American Indian Heritage Day. And I had told him that I had watched that movie Wind River. And I think I mm-hmm. mentioned it to you mm-hmm. all on Netflix. Mm-hmm. But my brother, Justin, kept telling me, you need to watch it. You need to watch it. You need to watch it. So I finally watched it. And it's based on a true story. And so a lot of those things I, I you know, I, I took and I was like, there's no way that this kid this could be true. And so I asked them and they were like, no, yeah, like there's no national database. There's no record keeping. They really like, tried to erase these people. Yeah. And so it's like if it's non if it's non tribal, tribal police can't touch it. Mm. And even if it is tribal, tribal police are so under resourced that they can't do much. What are they going to do? Yeah. So, yeah, it's just I mean, like she said, colonization worked. It really did. <sighs> and now we're fighting. We're fighting that. And and that's why those turnouts like the Latinos voting so heavily for the side that aligns with whiteness, in my opinion, most mm-hmm. is really frightening. And, and that's why I like constantly in uplifting black women and, and the black community in general, because they're the only ones that seem to know to really vote in, in their favor and beyond. Um So, yeah, enough about fucking elections. Um, Let's get into self-care corner. Yeah. Um, So, like I said before, I needed a break from this stuff, which I really love to do. And it's actually typically therapeutic for me. But I was feeling so anxious that I was like, I cannot function properly right now. And so I was obviously really anxious. And then in that moment, I realized I hadn't been getting a lot of sleep. And I was like, you fool, you've been setting yourself up for this kind of. And you honestly can't always control it, though. So even after I got some sleep, I was like, I still feel anxious. What's happening? And sometimes I just need to remind myself, like, there's not always going to be a why. Like, you're not always going to know why. You're not always going to have the answer for, like, why something happened to you or why you feel what you feel. And sometimes you just have to accept that and then like work on helping yourself feel better. Um, so I wanted to cover how to find a therapist, which is something someone asked me in our little Twitter, not Twitter, Instagram question poll thing or whatever. Um, how to find a therapist is really, I feel like it could be broad. I can tell you how I did it, which is not necessarily what can or has to apply to you. I reached a really, really, really low point in my life. Um, again, last year. And I was like, I need a therapist again, cause I can't do this alone, which is pretty much what happens for a lot of people. Um, I 
as you all know, I'm very big on my identity and I wanted someone who was a person of color. Um, and I really wanted to try for a Latina because that's what I am. And a woman, obviously, because that's how I relate best. So you really have to analyze what works best for you, um, who you feel most comfortable with. Um, and so I went on a search and was predominantly looking for Latina therapists to start. I worked for a company I still do that I had benefits with for the first time, which was really cool. And so luckily I was able to input that as well because I wanted to see how I could pay the least amount possible because they're not very affordable. Um, if you do not have benefits, I recommend looking for um, therapists that are sliding scale. There's not a lot of them, but I have heard there is some out there. There are some out there and they are good ones. And I think it's very telling of their heart if they care about um, just getting someone help as opposed to just getting all the money in their pocket. And uh, I've had experience with both. Um, so that was a big thing for me. I called one morning in desperation, like 10 different people. And I'm really big on feeling and reading people's energies. And so I was on the phone with different people. And this one therapist, I read her bio, and I really liked what her work background was in, which you can do online as well. I believe there's like a website called Psychology Today or something like that. And you can kind of read a little bit about their history, their past, what they've worked in, what they specialize in. Um, so I'm very specific with my Google searches, like our friend Rafael. <laughs> and I pretty much put in like Latina woman, Dallas therapist. Um, and I think I maybe put in my healthcare provider and kind of narrowed it down from there. Um, so then I called several people. And I don't even think I put Latina. I think I put woman of color because I was like, I, I, I'm pretty comfortable with that, with that, that spectrum. Um, and from there, I called several people. I went to two therapists at first initially. And then I realized after that initial meeting who I was more comfortable with. And that's kind of who I've stuck with since then. Um, my therapist is a social worker trained therapist and she's predominantly that. So her therapy approach is different than that of like just a psychologist, which is more based on like analyzing, I guess, your mind and how that functions. I could be wrong there, um, but that's how it's like processed in my mind. Um, and so I really like her approach because she has a base in Buddhism, which I really appreciate, which makes it very logic driven. Um, with how she handles my problems um, so my experience has for the most part been really good she's really kind she came out to one of our events even though I don't think she's supposed to do that but she didn't go because of me she went because she wanted to go to the event um, and so I think she's really wonderful and beautiful and great and uh, everybody's experience is different it really takes you acknowledging one, that you need the help. Two, that a therapist will work for you because therapy does not work for everyone. And it's okay if it doesn't because we all heal and process in different ways. So it's important to acknowledge that as well. And if you are privileged enough to be able to afford one, um, do look up the sliding scale ones. I know this is work I want to get more involved with outside of my own job as well and making it more affordable for people because mental health is so fucking important and to me mental health is literally like the cause of everything in society almost 
um, in some way or another. And I know this is a long self-care corner, but hopefully this is some form of a tip to help you and how maybe you should find a therapist if you are so inclined. Um, I wish you good luck on that. I am grateful anytime I receive information about people's personal journeys with their mental health and therapy. If you have any questions, you can message me directly. I'm happy to respond to that because it is that important to me. All right. So we can move on to upcoming De Colores events. Rafael, I'm giving it to you. Young Leaders, Strong City. Young Leader. One leader. Young Leader, Strong City. Yeah. The Summit. Yes. Happening in a week and a half? Yes, November 17th. <clears throat> it's <clears throat> for high school students. If they right. are um, anywhere in the DFW, really, it's important. It's Racial Equity Justice Workshop, and it's really dope. We will have a workshop. It's most, mostly for the youths, so if you know any youths and they want to be involved, let them know. I'm really excited about it. We have I a think workshop. adults can can go too as long as they register as a volunteer. Yes, you can do that. So if you want to get involved, you definitely should. Sarah McCurry is behind it. Amber Sims is behind it. Really great um, women, black women that are loud, great voices here in the community and doing amazing work. I wish something like this existed when I was a child, but it's okay. Um, I'm happy to be a part of it now. So yeah. Our live show <laughs> will be happening in December. Uh-huh. Um, we don't have all the, well, we have all the details that we're working on. Um, we just want to get them confirmed before we make any official announcement, but it will be in December, mid-December. Um, we're gonna on a Friday. On a Friday. Likely December 14th. Likely. Which is a word that means it could change. Yeah, 12, 14, 18. Um, Ooh, I like that. Yeah, it sounds good. 12, 14, 18, we're sticking with it. All right. Um, <laughs> it should be fun. We'll be doing a live show. We'll have uh, some special performances uh or, guests. or and or guests we'll have you know some cool surprises planned um nothing too outlandish so don't get yeah, don't carried get, away don't get too excited we, we still broke out here we still broke in the streets yeah um but it'll be fun nonetheless uh, i think it'll be something really cool to kind of cap the year off with what we've been doing and you know hopefully get um get a good number of people to celebrate with us uh, what what this decolotus thing has been about um and dun, da, 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 I feel da, like we've da, been da, working da, da. for. Why have. has this been so difficult? It's been so hard for us. So we are finally on a Spotify. Spotify. Yes. So tell tell your mom she could finally listen to us on Spotify. Spotify, My plan. All forty four episodes. Yes, honey. If you're so. like me, you listen to your podcast on Spotify because Apple podcast just doesn't do it for you and you don't like having so many apps on your phone so we're on spotify the best streaming website in my opinion i'm very excited thank you ralph for helping make that happen it was a team effort yes sure <laughs> pat i'm giving you our brown business of the week wow i've done like brown business for like the last three weeks are oh, you complaining okay, so you don't want to do it no, i'm saying it's pretty cool oh. y'all didn't let me finish Dang. oh wow i've done brown business for the last three episodes <laughs> i hope that's not how i sound well, go um, ahead, Pat. We got a long episode. People tired. So Brown Business of the Week this week, a friend of ours. I've been a big supporter of her. And I'm every time I've seen her at any pop-up, I make sure to highlight her work and make sure that my friends go and visit her table. So recently I've been seeing everyone wearing it, everything living. Yay, it's so beautiful. So she actually has a little garden in Fort Worth at her home that she grows 
all her plants and flowers and dyes that she makes for her jewelry. So you can actually buy some earrings, some necklaces, um, scarves that she's dyed. I've even bought some um, screen prints she's done on like some cloths like like that um, plants are medicine, things like that. Just really cool things that she's doing and she's doing this all at home from her garden. It's dope. And I saw a bunch of people wearing it at the Dia de los Muertos thing and it made me so happy. Die. Her stuff is like actually amazingly beautiful. It is, it is beautiful. It is like super dope, yeah. Pictures will not do it justice. I thought you were lying to me when you when you showed me. Lie to me. They're dope. So yeah. Support Myra's work. Where do they find her? So they can find her at everything.living at Instagram. I think she's also going to be doing like a pop-up event with her other um, eco-friendly Chicanas, Mina del Tex, and Tejana Luca. Yvonne, they're going to be doing like an eco pop-up with like clothes and how to do like eco-friendly shopping and stuff and not buying fast shopping. Is that what it's called when people buy directly from like H&M and stuff? I'm still learning about that, but that's pretty cool. So, yeah, they're doing that November 17th. Very nice. All right. Thank you, Pat, for our Brown Business of the Week. Shout out to everything.living from Fort Worth, Funky Town, Texas. How y'all doing? And now we can wrap up. Why am I singing so much, <laughs> bruh? Who you got? Con the de coco. <laughs> Go, Patty. Go, Patty. So I, I don't know how this happened. Rafa. Honestly, same though. Yeah. Really, y'all no, all really, three. Really, honestly, yeah. So okay. That passion was in. The so voice. I had a crush on I'd had been wanting to see this band for some time. Richard put me on them from during South by Southwest. Basically, who you got with the Coco should be like Richard Thina's segment. So for real, like Songma, <laughs> yeah. shout, shout out Richard Thina because he wanted me to see them during South by, and I missed it, and I just kept following them throughout their tour, and she sounded amazing. But I finally like got to see <laughs> them it, girl. at Tropicalia. <laughs> and they killed it. And I had Reva and Rafa come out and check them out. Reva. After. <laughs> Reva, Rafa. That's our new name, Reva. Rev, your Reva, Rafa. Come to check them out. Because obviously after Sonora Dinamita, we were like ready to do Sonora. Some Sonora Dinamita. You keep sorry. saying like, Senora de la vida. <laughs> I know. I don't mean to. But yes, they like to be known as like a tropical futurism cumbia band um from they're originally from they're from brooklyn but their like base is colombia (laughs) so yeah check them out i'm sure y'all have a lot to give on them carolina like obviously y'all are saying killed it cool so my who you got um is this band called combo chimbita oh um yeah out of brooklyn Mm -hmm. but based uh gosh i don't even remember where they're based I was just so like Enamored. into yeah yeah. <laughs> this isn't a joke though. This isn't a joke. We all they really were, love them. Yes, like so. Pat was, and so that I'll, I will say that if if uh, if there's one thing about Pat at a music festival, it's like yeah. I do my research, honey. <laughs> it's like yeah. Check this band out. Check that. Check them she out. Yeah. To, I've already seen them. We ain't gonna watch. <laughs> well, because I'm like <laughs> I'm so used to like festing on my seen own them. that I typically will be seen like, okay, them. I've seen them like two times. Is it worth seeing them again, or do I want to see a new band that I don't know? A then, nude band. A nude band. Yeah, I saw a nude band there. Wow. Noodles. They play with pasta sticks. <laughs> so I like had my little agenda down of who I wanted to see, yeah. and I was like, if I don't get to see anybody else as long as i see combo chimbita my heart will be happy and yeah. it was fulfilled yeah no it, it definitely there 
<laughs> Como Chimbita was for sure one of the highlights, if not like up there in terms of, you know, a, a pleasant surprise for me because like as soon everything about the performance was so dope it felt like the fog machine was working with yes it, it was I amazing was like, oh my god and her stage presence her energy her Yo, outfit her, her voice. voice and she is in command of her voice a lot Absolutely. of a lot of singers and musicians and rappers and all kinds of everybody's who work with their voice mm -hmm. don't know how to properly manage it and she knows what she she's knows doing. what she's doing she is a professional and she had her at the highest <laughs> level yeah we need to bring them to Texas. Yeah, no, they were super dope. Dallas. Um, there was a lot of people from the trop the Tropicalia Music Festival, uh, the Tropicalia Festival that I think were pretty dope. But Gombo Chimbita is easily Guacharaca like or something like that sort is what it's called of what she was playing, Eva. Oh, okay, thank you. Sure, that was a Guido. It was Guachaca. a Guido's good. Guacharaca. Oh. I don't know. It's G U A C H A R A C A. Sounds like something I ordered at La Chisera. Maybe. Same. That sounds good. I'm hungry. Let's but, go. Yeah. Anybody else you have to actually share, Rafa? Uh, the people that I had mentioned earlier. Uh, and then Surfers, I, I started listening. Sprites. Yeah. And I started listening to some rancid because I had made a rancid joke. and You uh, told me that and I was like, I don't yeah, know, bro. Yeah, I like old school. but uh, Or some trans. I feel like you might like transplants because they did more like punk rap, rocky kind of stuff that might be easier than the older rancid stuff. But... I'll let yeah. you download it. I think I'm just going to listen to Rage Against the Machine on the way home. Dinner. <laughs> Is that it? That was it? Okay, That's so I also uh, listened to this band that was Tropic from Brooklyn. Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but really, they were one of mine, Pat. I'm not even trying to be funny. I really loved them, and I was like, ooh, I will actually listen to this outside of this. And then I've been listening... Shout out to my young coworker that was like, I like this person. And I was like, I think I've heard of him. And I showed off a little bit. Oh, Evander Grime. He is from El Paso, Texas. He's a rapper. Y'all know I like my rap music. There wasn't enough rap at Tropicalia, which I felt weird about. True. Um, but he is Afro-Mexicano. And so I think you should support him because he's really cool. He has some good songs. He released an album called Raices, which you know means roots. I think it's really cool, though, because it's rare to see this. Like, um, it's not rare to see it. Like, if you're here in Texas, you see it all the time. But to see rappers that are repping it and claiming it and speaking and rapping in Spanish and saying I am black and I speak Spanish is lit. Um, so it's really cool. And sound good. And doing sound it. good and fun. Like, he's definitely a, kind of a Ray Shrim like vibe. Um, like kind of that lit young yeah. rap boy voice. Um, but he's pretty cool. I really like the song Don't Like You. And it's fun. <laughs> fun song, fun, fun artist. I'm looking forward to see where his career goes. I know he worked with Gucci a little bit already um, and some other people. So check him out if you're into supporting Texas rappers, which he should be. And that wraps it up for us here at The Colores Radio. Um, shout out to... All of you, honestly, because I know we all feel like we're going through it, but it's going to be okay. Um, don't forget to share the podcast, which you can now find on Spotify. Wow, y'all. You good. sounded beautiful. That's good. That's beautiful. Um, anyways, thank you guys. Oh my God, you're so sweet. Follow us on social media. Subscribe and leave us a darn review. Like, go in there and write it up on Apple Podcasts only. Write it that's up. The only write it up. Hey. Um... I'll no boyfriend, no problem. 
<laughs> this episode is so long i'm sorry we'd love to keep growing so please share it with everyone you know if you have family members that support um white supremacy please talk to them especially white people because it's mostly you guys but y'all like to blame it on everybody else um what am i talking about again um uh please share the podcast and keep growing with us uh share it with your cousin it's on spotify you can't come you can't run from it now boo we know you got spotify even with the ads and everything it's fine you can still <laughs> listen to us tweet us or just hit us up we love hearing from you all we could not go on without your support tell everyone you love to follow us at the colores co if you enjoy our personal thoughts you can follow me at eva Arreguin, rafa at exile and pat at pat dot i think on everything yes okay yeah Thank you, sure. Pat. Our theme song is Cumbia Anthem by El Dusty. Our audio editor is Rafael Tamayo. He's also a scientist. We promise <laughs> to keep growing. Aliens. We promise to keep growing and providing you with entertaining content and more importantly, a platform for your voices and work to be lifted. Contact us on social media or email us at thecoloriscollective at gmail.com. We love you. Stay strong. We got this. We're going to be okay. Keep fighting the power. Thank you so much again for listening and join us again next time for The Colores Radio. Yo. The, the, the Colores Radio. The, the, the Colores Radio.